Good morning. Uh, this week I will bring you the Hintakaifik murders. Hintakaifik was a small farm situated between the Bavarian towns in the Ingolstadt and Schrobenhausen, approximately 70 kilometers, 43 miles north of Munich, that has become infamous as a scene of one of the most gruesome and puzzling crimes in German history. On the evening of 30, March 31, 1922, the six inhabitants of the farms were killed with a mattock. The murders remained unsolved. The six victims were parents Andreas Gruber, 63, and Kazilia, 72, their widowed daughter Victoria Gabriel, 35, Victoria's children Kazilia, 7, and Joseph, 2, and the maid Maria Baumgartner, 44. Hintekaifek was never an official place name. The name was used for the remote farmstead of the hamlet of Kaifek, located nearly one kilometer, 6.62 miles north of the main part of Kaifek and the hidden in the woods. The prefix hinter part of many German place names means behind part of town of Wangen, which is incorporated into Wade Holfen in 1971. History. Built around 1863, the yard proves the area was open farmland was completely demolished less than a year after the murders. Hintekaifik was officially never a separate district with this name, but only an unofficial house name. It did not belong to the eponymous place, Kaifik, about a kilometer south, but to the village of Goburn, Groburn as a house number 27 and a half of the municipality Wangen. The house name is historical name only as the site has hosted no structure since the demolition. The eponymous Kaifik is as is an Ina Ina Adhof or single farm settlement located just over one kilometer to the south of the murder farm on the municipal road to Schrobenhausen. Sorry about my pronunciation for these German towns and words. Today, the former land of Hintekaifik is an agricultural area. Summary of the crime. On April 4, 1922, after none of the inhabitants of Hintekaifik had been seen for some time, three men went to the property. Upon investigation, they found the bodies of Andreas Gruber, his wife Kazilia Gruber, his daughter Victoria Gabriel, and his granddaughter Kazilia murdered in the barn. Shortly after they found the chambermaid Maria Baumgartner and the youngest family member, Victoria's son Joseph, murdered in the home. To this day, the murder is unsolved. Acts. Events before the act. Strange things began to occur in and around Hintekaifek sometime shortly before the attack. Six months before the attack, the family maid quit claiming the family maid quit claiming she heard strange sounds and that she believed the house to be haunted. Andreas Gruber found a strange newspaper from Munich on the property in March 1922. He could not remember buying it, and thus Gruber initially believed that the postman had lost the paper. This was not the case, however, as no one in the vicinity subscribed to the paper. Just days before the murders, Gruber told neighbors he discovered tracks in the fresh snow that led from the forest to Hinterkaifeck. While this alone was not unsettling, it was the fact that the tracks did not lead away from the house, again, that unnerved him. Around the same time, one of the family's house keys went missing. The family also repeatedly observed a man with a mustache standing at the forest edge 
and staring toward the house, apparently observing them. During the night, they heard footsteps in the attic, but Andreas Gruber found no one when he searched the building. Although he told several people about these alleged observations, he refused to accept help, and the details went unreported to the police. According to a school friend of the seven-year-old Kazilia Gabriel, the young girl reported that her mother, Victoria, had fled the farm the night before the act after a violent quarrel and only hours later had been found in the forest. Night of March 31st to the morning of April 1st, 1922. On the afternoon of March 31st, 1922, a, fri a Friday, the new maid, Maria Baumgartner, arrived at the farm. Maria's sister had escorted her there and left the farm after a short stay. She was most likely the last person to see the inhabitants alive. A few hours later, the six inhabitants of Hinterkaifeck would be dead. It is impossible to reconstruct the exact events of the ex evening without some speculation, but some details are clear after investigation. It appears that in the late evening, Victoria Gabriel, her seven-year-old daughter Kazili, and her parents Andreas and Kazilia Gruber were lured to the family barn through the stable where they were murdered one at a time. The perpetrator or perpetrators used a mat talk belonging to the family farm and killed the family with blows to the head. It is unclear if the family went to the barn as part of a regular routine or something out of the ordinary caused them to visit this part of the estate. Later experiments proved, however, that screams from the barn could not be heard in most of the rest of the estate. The perpetrator moved from the barn through the stable into the living quarters where, with the same murder weapon, he killed the maid Maria Baumgartner in her bedchamber. Presumably, he killed young Joseph last as a two-year-old boy slept in his bassinet in his mother's bedroom. Discovery Four days passed between the murders and the discovery of the bodies. On April 1st, coffee sellers Hans and Edward Shirovsky arrived in Hinterkaifeck to place an order. When no one responded to the knocks on the door and the window, they walked around the yard but found no one. They only noticed that the gate to the machine house was open before they decided to leave. Kazilia Gabriel was absent without excuse for the next few days of, sc of school, and the family failed to show up for Sunday worship. On Monday, April 3rd, the postman Joseph Mayer was delivering the mail at Hinterkaifeck when he noticed that Saturday's mail was still there. He had where he had left it and that no one had been in the yard. Assembler Albert Hoffner went to Hinterkaifeck on April 4th to repair the engine of the food chopper. He stated that he had not seen any of the family and he heard nothing but the sounds of the animals noting the barking dog. After waiting for an hour, he decided to start his repair, which he completed in roughly 4.5 hours. After the repair, he noticed that the barn door was open but could not say for certain whether it had been open when he got there. He peeked into the barn but did not go inside. In Groburn, he met the daughters of the village guide, Lorenz Schlittenbauer, and told them that the repairs in Hinterkaifeck were done. Hoffner also told George Greger, the mayor of Wangen, about the ghostly emptiness of Hinterkaifeck. Schlittenbauer then sent his two sons, Johann and Josef, to Hinterkaifeck to see if they could make contact with the family when they reported that they did not see anyone, Schlittenbauer headed to the farm the same day with Michael Pohl and Jacob Siegel, at which time they discovered the mostly concealed bodies in the barn and home. Investigation 
Inspector George Reingruber and his colleagues from the Munich Police Department investigated the killings. More than 100 suspects have been questioned throughout the years, with the most recent question taking place in 1986. None of the questioning ever yielded any conclusive results. The day after the discovery of the bodies, court physician Johann Baptist Almuller performed the autopsies in the barn. It was established that a mattock was the most likely murder weapon, though the weapon itself was not at the scene. Evidence showed that the younger Kazili had been alive for several hours after the result, after the assault. She had torn her hair out in tufts while lying in the straw next to the bodies of her grandparents and her mother. The skulls of the corpses went, were sent to Munich, where Kavoyans examined them to no avail. The heads were later lost, possibly destroyed in the Allied bombings of World War II. The police first suspected the motive to be robbery when, and they interrogated traveling craftsmen, vagrants, and several inhabitants from the surrounding villages when a large amount of money was found in the house. They abandoned this theory. It was clear the perpetrator or perpetrators had remained at the farm for several days. Someone had fed the cattle, eaten the entire supply of bread from the kitchen, and had recently cut meat from the pantry. Neighbors also reported smoke coming from the chimney all weekend. The perpetrator would have easily found the money if robbery had been an intention, but it, as it was, the money remained untouched with no clear motive to be gleaned from the crime scene. Police, the police began to formulate a list of suspects. Suspects. Carl Gabriel. The husband of Victoria Gabriel, Carl Gabriel, had reportedly been killed in December 1914 during the First World War. However, his body had never been recovered. After the murders, people began to speculate if he had indeed died in the war. Victoria Gabriel had given birth to Joseph illegitimately in her husband's absence. Two-year-old two-year-old Joseph was rumored to be the son of Victoria and her father, Andreas, who had an ancestor's relationship that was documented in court and known in the village. Some theorized that Carl Gabriel killed the family to seek revenge. Although soldiers from his regiment testified to his death, and the police were inclined to believe them. This theory gained new nourishment over the years after people repeatedly reported that they had met Gabriel or could confirm that he had exchanged his identity with that of the fallen comrade. After the end of the Second World War, captives from Schrobenhausen region were, who were released prematurely from Soviet captivity claimed that a, they had been sent home by a Bavarian-speaking Soviet officer who claimed to be the murderer of Hinterkaifeck. Some of these men later revised their statements, however, which diminishes their credibility. Many theorize that the Soviet might be Carl Gabriel, because those that claimed to have seen the man after his reported death testified that Gabriel wanted to go to Russia. Whether Carl Gabriel lived through World War I can never, can never be known for certain, and even if it could, there is no proving that he was the Hinterkaifeck killer. Lorenz Schlittenbauer Shortly after the death of his first wife in 1918, Lorenz Schlittenbauer was believed to have a relationship with Victoria Gabriel and Father Joseph. The initials Ellis appear in Joseph's birth certificate, though these could be the initials of an attending doctor. Schlittenbauer came under suspicion by locals early in the investigation because of several suspicious actions immediately after the discovery of the bodies. When Schlittenbauer and his friends came to investigate, they had to break a gate to enter the barn because all of the doors were locked. However, immediately after finding the four bodies in the barn, Schlittenbauer appeared unlocked, apparently unlocked the front door with a key and entered the house alone. 
A key to the house had gone missing several days before the murders, though it is also possible that Schlittenbauer, as a neighbor or as Victoria's potential lover, might have been given a key. When asked by his companions why he had gone into the house alone when it was unclear if the murderer might still be there, Schlittenbauer allegedly stated that he went to look for his son Joseph. Regardless of any of the above rumor, it is known that Schlittenbauer had disturbed the body at the scene, thus potentially compromising the investigation. For many years after, local suspicion remained on Schlittenbauer because of his strange comments, which were seen as indicating knowledge of details that only the killer would know. According to reports in the files for the case, local teacher Hans Jubliger discovered Schlittenbauer visiting the remains of the demolished Hinterkaifeck in 1925. Upon being asked why he was there, Schlittenbauer stated that the perpetrator's attempt to bury the family's remains in the barn had been hindered by the frozen ground. This was seen as evidence that Schlittenbauer had intimate knowledge of the conditions of the ground at the time of the murders. Although being a neighbor and familiar with the local land, he may have been making an educated guess. Another speculation was that Schlittenbauer murdered the family and the Victoria demanded financial support for young Joseph. Before his death in 1941, Schlittenbauer conducted and won several civil claims for slander against persons who described him as the murderer of Hintekaifeck. Brothers Gump on April 9, 1929, Lead Detective Inspector General George Grindgruber wanted to question Adolf Gump in connection with the murders as it had been rumored that he was in a relationship with Victoria. However, no evidence was ever found to prove his claim. With three others, Adolf Gump had participated in the murder of nine peasants in Silesia. Grindgruber could not rule Adolf Gump's potential involvement in the murders at Hinterkaifeck, and he instructed the corresponding Gender Mary stations to ask for an alibi for the last few days in March 1922. In 1951, Prosecutor Andreas Pop investigated Adolf's brother Anton Gump in relation to the murders of Hintekaifeck. The sister of the Gumps, Crescentia Mayer, claimed on her deathbed that her brothers Adolf and Anton had committed the murders. As a result, Anton Gump was remanded to police custody but Adolf had already died in 1944. After a short time, however, Anton was dismissed again, and in 1954, the case against him was finally discontinued because he could not be proven to have participated in the crime. The brothers Carl and Andreas S. from Sattelberg. In 1971, woman Therese T. wrote a letter citing an event she, in her youth at the age of 12, she witnessed her mother receiving a visit from the mother of the brothers Carl and Andreas S. The woman claimed that her sons were two, were the two murderers of Hintekaifeck. The mother said Andreas regretted that he lost his penknife in the course of the conversation. In fact, when the farm was demolished in 1923, a pocket knife was found that could not be clearly assigned to anyone. However, the knife could have easily belonged to one of the murder victims. This track was followed without result. Krasantz Rieger, the former maid of Hintekaifeck, was certain she had already seen the penknife in the yard during her service. Peter Weber Peter Weber was named a suspect by Joseph Betts. The two worked together in the winter of 1919-1920 as laborers 
and they shared the chamber. According to Beth, Weber spoke in the time of a remote farm, Kinter Karfik. Weber knew that only one old couple lived there with their daughter and her two children. It was likely he knew about the incident between Gruber and his daughter. Beth testified in a hearing that Weber had suggested killing the old man to get the family's money. When Beth did not respond to the offer, Weber stopped talking about it. The Bichler Brothers and George Siegel The former maid, Crescent Rieger, worked from 19, November 1920 to about September 1921. On Hinterkaifeck, she suspected the brothers Anton and Carl Bichler to have committed the murders. Anton Bichler had helped with the potato harvest on Hinterkaifeck, therefore he knew their premises. Rieger said Bichler talked to her often about the Gruber and Gabriel family. Anton reportedly suggested that the family ought to be dead. The maid also emphasized to in her interrogation that the farm dog who barked at everyone never barked at Anton. In addition, she reported speaking with a stranger through her window at night. The maid believed that it was Carl Bichler, the brother of Anton. She thought that Anton and Carl Bichler could have committed the murder together with George Siegel, who had worked at Hintercarvick and knew of the family fortune. So supposedly, Siegel had broken into the home in November 1920 and had stolen a number of items, though he denied it. He did state that he had carved the handle of the murder weapon when he was working at Hintercarvick and knew that the tool would have been kept in the barn passage. Brothers Thaler The Thaler brothers were also suspected, according to a statement by the former maid, Crescent Rieger. The brothers had already committed several minor burglars in the area before the crime. Rieger said that Joseph Thaler stood at her window at night and asked her questions about the family, but she gave no answer. In conversation, Joseph Thaler claimed to know which family member was sleeping in which room and stated that they had a lot of money. He also stated that the Quay side had a lot of money. During their conversation, Rieger noted that there was another person nearby. According to her statement, Joseph Thaler and the stranger looked at the machine house and turned there. eyes upwards. Result of the investigation. Despite repeated arrests, no murder has ever been found, and the files were closed in 1955. Nevertheless, the last interrogations took place in 1986, and criminal help commissar Conrad Mueller still determined today retired. In 2007, the students of the Police Fascia School Police Academy in first and held Feldbrook examined the case using modern criminal investigation techniques. They concluded that it is poss- impossible to definitively solve the crime after so much time had passed. The printed investigation techniques available at the time of the murders yielded little evidence, and in the decades since the murders, evidence has been lost and suspects have since died. Despite these setbacks, the students did establish a prime suspect but did not name the suspect out of their respect for still living relatives. Funeral services and commemoration. The dead are without their skulls buried in the cemetery. Wade Hoffman and a moral stone was erected at the grave. The skulls of the dead were last kept in a justice building in Augsburg and likely were destroyed in a bomb attack during the Second World War. The farm was demolished in 1923. Inconsistencies in the case and investigation failures. In the inspection, in the inspection record of the court commission, it was noted that the victims were probably drawn to their barn by restless 
this in the stable, resulting in noises from the animals. A later attempt, however, revealed that at least human screams from the barn could not be heard in the living area. The raises, this raises the question of why the four eldest members of the family went to the barn in the first place. The exact sequence of events could not be clarified without a doubt. There were only five pictures taken of the crime scene, two with the bodies in the barn, one of the dead maid in her chamber, one of Joseph's bassinets in Victoria's bedroom, and an outside view from the yard. Fingerprints were not secured. A reconstruction based on the position of the bodies revealed that Victoria Gabriel was likely the first murder vic victim in the barn. Next was likely the elder Cazilia Goober, followed by her husband Andreas Gruber and the family, and finally Cazilia Gabriel. In the house, the maid must have been killed first, then Joseph. The assumption has often been made that the killer was already on the premises and inside the house before the act. Based on the stories, Andreas told his neighbors before his death. Some of the evidence for his theory included shifted roof tiles and hollows in the hay, but these were later interpreted as possible hiding places for the incestuous activities of Andreas Gruber and his daughter, Victoria. This would explain why these irregulars were unnoticed by Andreas Gruber. If he had, in fact, thoroughly searched the farm several times, as he said. On the night before the crime, three days before the bodies were discovered, the artisan Michael Plockel happened to pass by Hinta Kaifek. Plockel observed that, that the oven had been heated by someone. That person had approached him and the flashlight, with a flashlight and blinded him. Whereupon he hastily continued on his way. Plocko also noticed that the smoke from the pilots had a disgusting smell. This instance was not investigated and there were no investigations conducted to determine what had been burned the night in the oven. On the 1st of April at 3 o'clock in the morning, the farmer and butcher Simon Reifslander on the way home near Brennan saw two unknown figures at the edge of the forest. When the stranger saw him, they turned around so the faces could not be seen. Later, when he heard of the murders in Hintikarvik, he thought it possible that the strangers might be involved. The fitter, Albert Hoffner, was at Hintikarvik for several hours of repair work after the crime, but was only questioned in 1925 as the police had failed to conduct an interrogation immediately after the crime. His statement suggests that the perpetrator was back in the yard during the time of the repair. The doors to the house had been locked and he had not met anyone but he did hear the dogs barking inside at the end of his repair a dog was tied up outside instead of instead and the barn door had been open when the men discovered the bodies later that day the dog was inside the barn with the victims and the barn door had been closed again in the middle of may 1927 a stranger was said to have stopped a resident and of wadeholfen at midnight he asked him questions about the murder and they shouted that he was the murderer before he ran into the woods who the man was could not be determined. Legacy. Many books and newspaper articles have been devoted to the murders. A series of articles by Joseph Ludwig Hecker in the Schroben Hausner Zittung revived interest in the murders. Munich, Munich journalist Peter Leschner wrote two books with the title Hinterkaifeck der Mordfall, Spuren Eins Mistoriusen Verbrechens in 1979 and 1997. The second book is an extension of the first book, Loiser quotes the original police files. A document to fill Hentikarvik, symbol des Anheimlichen, 1981, is based on the Leuschner book. Hans Fergert adapted the book, directed the film, shot at Super 8 with sound, and was the cameraman. The film was shown regularly in Ingolstadt. Ten years later, 
Reinhard Karlich's play, Hinterkaifeck Deutschland's Geheim in Volster Mornfall, 1991, was at the same time Kurt K. Heiber produced another documentary shot on location and shown on television and local cinemas. And in local cinemas. Also in 1991, radio station Funkhouse Engelstock aired a documentary, Hinterkaifeck Off Dead Sparrow Ions Mortars, and the Ben Zitung Munken ran a series of articles called D6 Tolton Vom Einhoff Bayer's Rutzelhoff's Estes Verbrechen. Hinterkaifeck is a mystery thriller from 2008 made by director Esther. Gronenborn and producer Monica Raybell, starring Beno Furman and Alexandra Maria Lara. In 2017, The Last Chapter of The Man from the Train by Bill James and his daughter Rachel McCarthy James, both discussed the murders at Hinterkaifeck. The authors explained the possibility that the German crimes might have been committed by Paul Mueller, the titular serial killer the authors believe killed several families in the U.S. under similar circumstances between 1898 and 1912. The murders attributed to Mueller, including the Villisca Axe murders, were apparently random nighttime home invasions in, in or near small railroad towns that left the entire family bludgeoned to death with the blood end of an axe and were probably motivated by a sadistic and nephro- necrophilic attraction to pubescent girls. He also rate the chances of Mueller as a Hintikaifik killer as more or less a toss-up, but concludes there's no real reason to believe that it's not him. Thank you for listening to this uh, gruesome uh, murder mystery in Hintikaifik, Germany. Uh, hope you have a good week. Tune in next time for another true crime story. Uh, stay safe, stay home if you can. Practice social distancing, uh, wash your hands, wear a mask during this pandemic crisis. And thank you for listening Thank to this uh, story. Thank you.